This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 28, Hug Your CPA and Your IRS Agent. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, This is Holly Bach here, and in the studio with me here today is Mark Willis. Hello, hello. And Katrina Willis. Hi there. All right. So thank you, everyone, for joining us here today. Uh, We are going to attempt (laughs) in this episode uh, to dive into what right now is a fairly sticky and moving and ambiguous a realm, uh, which is the tax reform. Uh, we'll dive into it. I don't know if we're getting out of it, though. Yeah, probably not, <laughs> but not alive anyways. Um, but no, so uh, obviously it's been a pretty hot topic uh, ever since the tax reform uh, was passed here, you know, or, uh, late last year. And of course, everyone's been scrambling to try and interpret it for, you know, ever since, pretty much ever since it came out. And it probably feels like to a lot of you that, you know, new input, new 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 things are coming out each and every week as to, okay, what's, what's the translation this week? What's the translation going to be next week on this? And so what we wanted to do, at least to the best of our ability, without actually being, you know, CPAs or actuaries, um, you know, we wanted to do a little mini series on the tax reform, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, to kind of give you guys some updates as to what actually, you know, pertains to you, what actually is going to impact you on any level um, with the new laws that came out. So, of course, like I mentioned, you know, the the Society of Actuaries, they've been scrambling to interpret these laws, how, you know, kind of the black and white letters translate from theory to practice. And what we've been finding, though, is that even with black and white letters, there's, you know, a lot of gray all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're going to try and attempt uh, to go over a little bit here today. But remember, give your CPA a hug because every question that's run through your mind is probably the question that they're getting asked every single day by lots and lots of people. Um, so give your CPA a hug, help, you know, tell them to hang in there. We're going to make it through. <laughs> and heck, give your IRS agent a hug. Those guys are trying to make sense of all these legislators' uh, black and white text as well. Well, I mean, you could probably say you could give both, they're giving each other a hug because that's a, this Tax Cuts and Jobs Act reform is essentially locking in their job security for the next 30, 40 years um, because this is going to keep us going back to them for more advice and more reflection uh, for another generation at least, yeah? Yeah, and there is a decent amount of overwhelm in the air. They're assimilating new on-the-job changes and learning a lot of details and trying to navigate how to advise clients in real time when they don't even have the answers. They're still kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so with our time here today, uh, let's talk about some of those updates, though, and how they affect you. And of course, this is by no means comprehensive, uh, but at least kind of a good primer on you know the personal and corporate uh, updates. So uh, Katrina, what is new with the personal taxes? Yeah, the law retains the current structure of the seven individual income tax brackets. But in most cases, it lowers the rates by a few percentage points for use for us mere mortals, but it's a big drop for corporations. So the top rate falls from 39.6% to 37%, while the 33% bracket falls to 32%. Wait, so 1% drop. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know. <laughs> Great. Um, the 28% we'll bracket to 24%. So there's a 4% drop mark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a little bigger. A little bigger. The 25% bracket goes down to 22%. And the 15% bracket goes to 12 so the lowest bracket remains at 10%, and the 35% bracket is also unchanged. The income bans uh, that the new rates apply are lower compared to the 2018 brackets under current law for the five highest brackets. So the tax reform bracket changes. They will be temporary going into effect in 2018 and expiring after 2025, as is the case with most of the personal tax breaks included in the law. The law suspends the personal exemption, which is currently set to 4150 in 2018, and that is also through 2025. The law caps the deduction for all state and local taxes at $10,000 through 2025. <laughs> the state and local income taxes deduction disproportionately benefits high earners who are more likely to itemize, and taxpayers in the Democratic states are also in this camp. So the standard deduction, uh, the law raises the standard deduction to 24,000 for married couples filing jointly in 2018, and that's from 13,000 under current law to $12,000 for single filers, which was from 6,500, and to 18,000 for heads of household, which is up from 9,550. These changes will expire after say 2025. <laughs> So what you're saying, what you're getting at here, and I know you have more to share, but essentially all of these things are temporary tax cuts, yeah? Right. So beginning in 2019, the inflation gauge used to index the standard deduction will change in a way that's likely to accelerate this bracket creep. Um, the brackets are available for reference in our show notes, so you can go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on this episode to see what the single filers um, taxable income is, uh, what the, the rates are, and you can also see the heads of household and the married couples filing jointly and the married couples filing separately. And we'll show that from 2018 through 2025 so you can reference that for your own work. And that's from the Joint Committee on Taxation. Mm -hmm. But one thing also to kind of keep in mind with these tax brackets, though, you know, not only are the bracket themselves being lowered, but it's also like every step along the way, it's being lowered, you know, because it's a, it's a tiered tax system. So, you know, not only is, you know, 15, you know, so it's not just about which tax bracket you're in, you know, it's like, you're not just getting the 4%, let's just say you're in the 28% bracket. Oh, that just dropped to 24. So it's just 4%. Well, you're actually getting a lower tax rate, though, on all the money the leading up to that, mm -hmm. too. Right. You know, so your first, you know, the first 10,000 that you make, if you're single, is being taxed at, you know, I guess, actually, the 10% one stayed the same. But, you know, for the next tier, right. um, that amount dropped from 15 to 12 percent and then the next one, 25 uh, to 22 percent. So it's like at yep. each point along the way, you're also getting a little bit of a tax break as well. Mm -hmm. And so it, in that, uh, you know, all all tax legislation is built to encourage certain behavior. I'll say manipulate, but encourage <laughs> is another way to say it, too. And what they're doing in this case, every reform does a different set of, um, you know, uh, incentives or encouragements or manipulations or whatever. And what they're doing here is they're saying, all right, the more you make, the more uh, of an overall reduction in tax you'll make. Uh, so that's the incentive is to make more. And so you keep more the more you make. So yeah, you're exactly right with our progressive tax, tax system. The idea is our effective tax rate, uh, which is different than our marginal rates here, 
would be overall lower. So if on average you, you were an effective tax uh, of 18%, let's say, you might be 12, 13% uh, overall with the new system, yeah? Mm-hmm. So what are some other things uh, in relation to personal taxes? You know, a big one for most individuals are, are home mortgages. So Hollywood, what did you learn about that? Yep. So essentially with the mortgage in- interest deduction, um, they are still allowing you to deduct interest from your mortgage, but they just simply kind of lowered the ceiling um, as to, you know, what what um, how expensive the mortgage could be and you still be able to write it off. Um, so essentially the ceiling before, uh, previously it was a million dollars, um, whereas that got lowered down to 750000 So you can still, you know, write off your mortgage interest, but only if it's, you know, less than the 750 you know, total worth of your, your debt. And again, that's another uh, change that expires after uh, twenty twenty five. What's going on in twenty twenty five? I don't know. Something bad. Somebody, some congressman's going to get out of like you know jail or something. Or I don't know what's going on there in twenty twenty five. So um, actually, this is an interesting point, uh, and you're you're exactly right. The the lowering of those mortgage interest tax deductions is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, it's kind of the sacred cow for most of the American tax system, right? Big, one of the biggest deductions many people still have. Yeah. And this uh, tax overhaul is forecast to raise the federal deficit by uh, hundreds of billions of dollars and perhaps by as much as $2 trillion um, over you know, the next decade as well. Yeah, wow. It's pretty big. Um, so uh, on healthcare updates, the new tax law permanently removes the individual mandate. And this was a key provision of the Affordable Care Act, which is likely to raise health insurance premiums and significantly reduce the number of people with coverage. This technically goes into effect during the 2019 tax year, so you will consider this when you file in the spring of 2020. So, you know, again, we're looking at different things that this will do to the taxpayer, and what is it that the government is wanting us to be, act, look like, behave? I mean, everything from charitable contributions to how you pay off your house, this, I mean, everything, whether you itemize deductions, uh, it all factors into our behavior. And a lot of people would say, well, let just just stop telling me how to act and live and be, um, Mr. Mr. IRS. And other people see it as an important social uh, experiment. Uh, but overall, you could say that there's a socioeconomic outcome that pressurizes the divide between the haves and the have-nots. I mean, overall, again, like I said, the more you make, the better a tax deal you're getting in this reform. Uh, So the highest earners are actually expected to benefit most from the law, whereas the lower earners may actually pay a little bit more in taxes uh, once more of those provisions expire in what year was that? 2025. Yeah, I (laughs) feel like I'm in a twilight zone here. Uh, So how about the incredible amount of debt that these cuts have made? Okay, so we just gave ourselves a big pay cut. It's almost like we said if this was a household family, it was almost like we said, all right, I'm going to stop working overtime and I'm going to – maybe cut back to part-time hours and, you know, I'm still going to spend as much as I was before, but I'm just going to stop working as hard. How would that work in a long-term scenario for a family? Uh, Not so good. Yeah, what could a family do like that and still remain viable? I mean, if nothing else changes, $1.4 trillion of additional debt to our children and grandchildren. So, you know, again, we need to really think about how is this playing into our effect? And, and the hope is from most of the folks that passed this law that our growth in our economy will exceed all these debts that we're running up. Uh, so that's the hope uh, that we'll make so much as a country that we'll end up paying more in taxes uh, than we currently are paying 
as a percentage of our overall production. The estate tax is another big one. Uh, temp- the law temporarily raises that estate tax exemption for single filers to really almost, I mean, almost double what it was currently in the previous year from $5.6 million up to $11.2 million. Uh, and it'll keep going up, indexing it for inflation. But it's going to come all the way back down in 2025. What are some other things you found, Holly? Uh, Well, then also the child tax credit is another one, a pretty hot topic that people have been talking about. Um, And so with the child tax credit, this law temporarily raises the child tax credit to $2,000 per child, per qualifying child, um, up from about $1,000 is what it was before. So almost doubled. Um, And of course, a qualifying child uh, is, you know, a child living, dependent child living in your home, uh, younger than 17. And then uh, that child credit does uh, begin to phase out, though, uh, when adjusted, you know, when it comes to your adjusted gross income exceeds uh, 400000 Whereas before, though, that would phase out would begin at 110000 So they've kind of raised the ceiling there as well. So they want wealthier people to have more babies is basically what <laughs> is happening here. Okay, interesting. So again, what is it that they're encouraging us to do with the laws that they're passing? And this is Credits are a big deal. Credits matter more than deductions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, if you've got a deduction, maybe that's a slight percentage off each dollar for a certain part of your overall tax bill. But a credit is a dollar for dollar just drop in your in your pocket. They'll just give you the the credit as long as you got the kiddo under your household. So yeah, um, maybe it's time to start doing adult adoption, right? <laughs> Any anybody seventeen years old that want to come live with us, just give us a call. It has to be under seventeen. Oh, under seventeen. Oh, I'll take the sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> take a couple candles off our birthday cakes. Okay, so uh, now let's kind of look at some of the corporate updates. The tax law cuts corporate tax rates permanently. There's no expiration date. We want to emphasize that. And individual tax rates are done mostly temporarily, guys. So how did we stack up compared to the rest of the world? Well, essentially, the top corporate tax rate has been 35%. That's the highest rate of any large developed country. Um, And when you combine that with state and local, the statutory rate under the new law would be 26.5%. That's according to the Tax Foundation. So uh, U.S. companies' effective tax rate, which, you know, is defined as the taxes paid on investments, earning in the market uh, rate of return after taxes was about 18.6%. That was back in 2012, according to the CBO, Congressional Budget Office. And that was the fourth highest rate in the top 20 developed countries, the G20, as they call it. So some of the things that they're going to be able to do uh, is just essentially lowering the overall taxes. Uh, Some important things to remember, again, check with your CPA and all this, Immediate expensing. That's going to be a big deal for folks that have a lot of capital investment, uh, short-lived capital investment. So you could buy a jet and expense it all in one year. You could buy it on December 31st and fully expense it that year and have an incredible tax refund, so to speak, the very following year if uh, if the overall tax plan allowed for it. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be something that phases out over 20, let's see, the section 179, Deduction cap doubles to 1 million. The phase out begins after 2.5 million of equipment spending up to 2 million. So a lot of us listening to this podcast have passed through businesses. Uh, Those that include sole proprietorships, maybe. All right. Uh, Partnerships, S corporations. The top rate was 39.6 and that lowers that down to 20%. So it's a 20% deduction, I should say, for pass through income. Certain industries, okay, so if you happen to work in health, law, financial services, hello, 
uh, are excluded from the preferential rate <laughs> unless taxable income is below 157,500 for single filers. So uh, to discourage high earners from recharacter- recharacterizing regular wages as passed through income, the deduction is capped at 50% of wage income or 25% of wage income plus 2.5% of the cost of qualifying property. So bottom line is uh, check with your CPAs as all things are. Uh, it does get rid of some net operating loss carrybacks and caps carry forwards at 90% of taxable income, uh, falling to 80% after 2022. So there's one little uh, time horizon for the corporations. Okay, last of all, the interest for corporations, the net interest deduction will go from no cap to limited to 30% after four years, it'll cap at 30%. And for one reason or another, they did not eliminate the carried interest loophole that had existed before this reform started. So that's a mouthful, but uh, if you are in, uh, in the w- world and realm of being a business owner, these are some important changes. Mm-hmm. And then there's also some places where we didn't see any changes. Um, so, you know, what are some of the areas where it's just kind of, you know, stayed the same business as usual? Um, well, HSAs or your health savings accounts, uh, the same tax treatment uh, for those is carrying forward, you know, same as, as what was before with the new law. Uh, tax treatment of other government plans like 401ks, 529s, and the uh, IRAs uh, will all continue unchanged. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing different there. Um, the law leaves the charitable contributions deduction intact um, with minor alternatives you know, there are certain things that you can't deduct. Uh, for example, if you were to make a donation in exchange for, you know, seats at a college athletic event, then that couldn't be deducted. So there's a couple little um, alterations there, but for the most part, uh, that deduction was left alone. And then also the student loan interest deduction was not affected either. Well, while there's no changes to the charitable contributions deduction, I do find it interesting that there's an, a dramatic increase in the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. So you know, in effect, and, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but, you know, unless you're, you know, I mean, that does sort of mean more people are just going to choose the standard deduction rather than itemizing. Mm -hmm. And when you just choose standard deduction, maybe that implicitly disincentivizes people to give to charity. Have you thought that through much, Holly, or thought? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the year, you're not um, as incentivized when they send out those letters of, you know, make your donation now, you know, to mm-hmm. <laughs> that we all just got done being bombarded with a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get that, you're going to say, oh, well, there's no way that I'll be able to write off any more than I would otherwise be able to earn with the standard, you know, standard yeah. deduction. So maybe, you know, you could have the thought process of what's the point? You know, yeah. why, why make that um, donation if it's not going to help me with my taxes. Well, certainly there's any number of reasons to still give to charity yeah, yeah. besides the tax deduction. So I hope that won't be too much of a disincentive to people. But no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's probably not a, a reality to be ignored, though. Yeah. And the stated outcome for this new tax um, was to simplify the tax code. I even heard at the beginning of Donald Trump said something to the effect of, let's get the tax law to one page. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Um, So I guess this was the attempt at that. Uh, So even the name, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, indicates that there are cuts. So does this legislation actually simplify the tax code? I don't know how many pages it is. Did anybody see the final page count? It's pretty big. More than one. There's more (laughs) than one page. (laughs) There was a staple in there somewhere. Um, uh, Does it truly provide tax cuts? You know, we're seeing some employees getting really happy with their dub or with their pay stubs from January, already seeing an increase in their take-home pay because of the tax changes that are happening. You know, their employers didn't give them 
a raise. It's just a tax shift. So they're taking home an extra X number of dollars every month now. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, so what, is, what does this have to do with jobs? I haven't heard a whole lot about that. Um, I'm not really seeing systematically why the, the label jobs is on well, the I, law. I think the idea is if the corporations are being taxed less, they might be able to put more into hiring mm-hmm. and equipment and that sort of thing. I think that's their hope. And the, the question remains what will happen. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all living in their grand experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all great questions, Katrina. Uh, you know, one of the things that strikes me is here we are. We've been given this very interesting, very unique moment in history where we have absolute, at least it's on the books today, with as much certainty as Congress has given us in a long time, that there will be tax hikes on the individual. And so here we are in the lowest tax brackets we're going to be in, possibly for the rest of our lifetimes, uh, depending on where things go from here. I mean, what are, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay for all these uh, trillion-dollar deficits and you know wars that we still haven't paid for? And expenses and unfunded liabilities and social programs that we haven't paid for. We're up in we're up in the stratosphere in terms of our mountain of debt. And so it's not like we're gonna be able to continue to cut forever. So we've got this wonderful, interesting time period where we were, we're in a very low tax environment. When would it make sense to pay taxes? You know, in these years now or maybe later, once we know for sure taxes are gonna be higher. Well, okay, we'll we'll save that question for another episode. Uh, But I think it's very important. The common thread that I heard here was most of these changes expire after 2025. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so what that means, you know, if they're expiring after 2025, it means that these are temporary circumstances. You know, we're living in a temporary phase or period, you know, where these, um, you know, tax rates are going to be in effect. So just kind of like you were just saying, Mark, you know, maybe what we should be doing then in this time period is kind of strategizing what we're going to be doing with our money in these seven years in light of these temporary changes. So if we are potentially in the lowest tax brackets that we'll ever be in in our lifetime, you know, is this the best time to be deferring our taxes? Does it make sense to be deferring our taxes when tax rates are so low? Wait a minute, what does that word defer mean? You gotta define that one for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to put off until later. Uh, till um, 2025 maybe? <laughs> till, yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully we're paying them now. Yeah. Exactly, because you'd wanna pay the taxes now and so that when you're you know, gonna be receiving your money later, Hopefully that could be when it would be tax-free or not paying 100% of the taxes on it. Sorry to make too fine a point on this, but let's spell that out. How is every 401k being taxed now or in the future? Future. Future. Maybe after 2025 when tax rates are higher, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Just checking. All right. So what is something that we could pay our taxes on today that we could put our money into that would then be tax-free for the rest of our life? Well, you know, bank on yourself is a major financial vehicle that we've stumbled across also any Roth accounts and things like it. So Mm -hmm. those are all things that are going to be tax-free when tax rates go up after 2025. Okay, just checking Mm -hmm. on that. All right, thanks. Well, no, and I mean, even like you were saying, Mark, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what might the government be trying to accomplish or manipulate maybe Mm -hmm. in this situation. And I mean, it's no, it's, uh, you know, they know where the money is. You know, the, the government is not blind. They see the trillions of dollars that yeah, are sitting in these qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sitting in these qualified accounts. And they might be thinking, oh, what's a great way that we might be able to tap into these and get even more out of them than if, you know, than we otherwise would be able to? Well, maybe we can kind of give people this artificial low tax bracket now hike it up on them in seven years from now when people might actually start taking out some of that $24 trillion. And next thing you know, we're in higher tax brackets and it was a worse situation. So Most of the government but, estimates on debts 
uh, for the government with unfunded liabilities and Social Security when you factor in those uh, under the government's own estimates is around $24 trillion. So that's an interesting, not saying they're going to oh, take man. 100% of <laughs> yeah. our retirement, but that's an interesting equivalent. Yeah. Right? So interesting. So those are just ideas, you know, things for you guys to be thinking about. I mean, certainly, um, you know, the, the government, they're, they're not dumb. They know what they're doing and they have a reason and a motivation uh, for some of the things that they're doing. So just some of the things to keep in mind. Um, but do remember, you know, as we talked about, as always, consult your CPA, your attorney, your tax specialist. Uh, we are not CPAs and we don't play them on TV mm-hmm. either. Or so podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so just make sure, you know, you are verifying everything that you you actual steps, actual actions you might take as a result of some of these tax laws you're uh, speaking with your CPA about it. Um, so really, though, thank you, everyone, for joining us here for our first episode of our little mini series on taxes. Um, just want to say thanks for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.